Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Eight o'clock hour here on a football Friday. Getting you to your weekend and Sean and RJ 105 to the fan. I am making myself giggle here in the break. I'm RJ Choppy. He's Bobby Belt, Peyton, and Ryan alongside I'm writing this. I'm getting this ready here. So we're going to do this so earlier. Get the your show, sports center update. My ready. sports center update. So that's what I did before when I was at ESPN. I did these 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 updates, these minute long updates, whatever. But you, Russell Scott, and Mike yeah, Taylor, Mike Taylor, baby. So we were <laughs> earlier. We were playing Lael Collins. You know, talking about him coming back and like Bob. why? Why was the timing right for both sides, Lyle? I mean, it just was. And, the, okay. and that's all Peyton played. And it, I was not, I didn't know they were doing this. It caught me completely off guard. So I'm starting to die laughing. And I just got this idea that I'm just going to do one. I'm just going to do nothing but two seconds. He's going to do one of his old school sports Audio center updates. He's going to do where he had to fit in five cuts into a minute. Where you try to just shoehorn anything in and so it'll be good. Completely out of context. I hope it, I hope it doesn't fall flat. It might. It, it'll, 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 hey, look, if nothing else, it'll be informative. People will get their news. I'll tell you, it'll be, it'll be flatter. It'll be flatter than the first three quarters of Clarence Hill's Texas Longhorns it'll, against Washington. It'll be flatter than Kyrie Irving thinks the earth is. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Good morning, man. What's up, guys? How are you doing this wonderful Friday morning, cold Friday morning? I wish is it we were, cold? I don't know. I haven't been outside. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were previewing a uh, a Texas-Michigan game. I can tell you that, Chill. What, what, what the hell was that last four-play sequence Sark called against the Huskies? What was that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, a game, Washington deserved to win. Texas did not deserve to win the game. But sure. after everything that had happened, you get the ball first down on what the 11-yard line with 20 seconds left. Sark should have been in his bag. He's this guy that, that you know, supposed to be his offensive genius. Those four plays were awful. That last play, the dude was wide open. I don't know what Quinn was doing, throwing the loft of a deep or a fade route or, or whatever he was lost mm-hmm. in a jump pass when he should have just thrown the ball on his numbers. It have been a touchdown. So it's time, it's it, time it for Arch. Sense. It's time for Arch, Chill. It's, it's, time to, it's not time. Yes, Stop it is. Usher that. in the Arch era. Oh, yeah. So are you on the Quinn 2024 campaign, or are you wearing the Arch pin? I mean, I'm realistic and and, and, and understand that uh, you, the first team in SEC, you would like a veteran quarterback. You don't want to be starting a guy who's never started before your first tour to the SEC, and you got games through – uh, at Michigan, you're playing Georgia. You 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 want a veteran. You got to start. That's an advantage. You start to have a new receiving core. You're losing Worthy. You're losing Mitchell. You you would like a veteran quarterback to 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 take you into the SEC. That's an advantage uh, compared to a lot of teams who are starting over. Don't don't do that to yourself. We love Art is gonna have his time. Art did not come there to be forced on the field. He understands the process. This is a media-driven thing, a fan-driven thing. It's not an arts thing. Clarence, we got a uh, a big game coming up this weekend, obviously, for the Cowboys in terms of the implications. They just need to go to Washington, take care of business. They get the number two seed if they do. 
couple of home playoff games. You you guarantee you can avoid the San Francisco 49ers until at least the NFC Championship game. So in a lot of ways, this is setting up for a lot of playoff success. So with that in mind, how much pressure do you think is on Mike McCarthy heading into this playoff run? Is there anything that he's being evaluated for at all? Or do you think, hey, this is just... They, they, they're happy. They've shown three years in a row what a consistent football team they are, and they're going to kind of let the chips fall where they may come postseason time. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, there, there's a little bit of everything here with, with the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy with Dak Prescott. I mean, clearly, if they go 12-5 and five in three straight seasons, that, that's a great job. That's a great job done by Mike McCarthy and, and what he's doing, having to navigate things even last year. I mean, you lose your quarterback, and we see how teams perform when they yeah. lose their quarterback. You certainly saw that in New York. Lose Dak in five games, you still end up with a twelve and five record. He doesn't get enough credit for managing that team last year to get to twelve and five after after losing your quarterback. And if you do that three straight years, that's a feather in his cap. Start a new offense and everything he's had this year to do that. But at the end of the day, you know Mike McCarthy was brought here to win in the postseason. You know he was brought here to take the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, and you know it it, it all depends on how they perform. You know a one and a done so there's a lot of a lot of pressure and a, and a lot of uh, blame will be placed on the coaching staff and even on Dak Prescott if they go one and done, you know, but, you know, especially when you, there's been so much talk about not being able to win on the road and you do have the benefit of now most likely having one, possibly two play home playoff games and you don't get it done. You know, yeah, that's, you know, heads could roll for sure. I, I think Dak is back. He's played well enough to get his contract, but, but Mike McCarthy said with so much talk about DQ uh, possibly leaving, you know, it could fall on his left. So, you know, it's a big postseason. But, again, it's a big postseason with Dak. We all know uh, the legacy of the quarterbacks here. you got to win the playoffs. And as well as he's done, you know, that that's the knock. You know, and we're going to continue to move the envelope, move the goalposts with Dak. You know, you got to win the post. He's got a great record season. He's not a turnover-prone quarterback anymore. He's not an interception quarterback anymore, but he still has not done it in the postseason. So what's he going to do here this year? Have we oversold the psychological hurdle that San Francisco is for this football team? Or do you think that's a, a real factor that this team really does have a, some, some psychological hiccups with that football team? Yeah, I, I think it's oversold. It's certainly, you look back at those games and, and we act like it's probably the playoffs. I mean, what happened this year? I don't know what happened. That, that, that blowout, but both games are one score games. Mm. You know, those two playoff games are one. I mean, people act like they were just not compete, you know, in, in the playoff games. That's not true. Those games were there to be won. You know, as far as last year's game was there to be one to a certain extent. Those are one-score games. So it's not like the 49ers on another level. And certainly you saw what Baltimore did to them. They're, they're not unbeatable. You know, they, they can be bullied. You just need to bully the bully. But the good news for the Cowboys is just take care of your business. You know, kind of what they've done. I like what they've done this year. Is that we kept asking McCarthy about looking around, looking around, and, you know, I'm not looking around to look at 11 wins. And, you know, we're focused on, on us. And, the, you know, Dak said, you know, they're running your own race. Run your own race in the playoffs. You know, just focus on winning your two home games. And if you look up, somebody may upset the 49ers map three home games. You don't know. You know, we don't need to worry about the 49ers at this point. It's looked at the home field advantage. Or at least if they win the division when they have the two home games, just focus on those two home games. You look up, and if you get a NFC championship game in San Francisco, let the kids follow what they may. If not, you know, somebody may upset them. Yeah, Clarence, I, I mean, I can make the case that the Cowboys outplayed San Fran in the playoff game last year outside of the interceptions. I mean, I I, I think I don't think it was – it's that 
big of a discrepancy this year just throws everything off. But, you know, if they do make the conference championship game and they lose again to San Fran, like, is that the only way that Mike doesn't return is if a third loss is to San Fran, assuming they make the NFC championship game, a third loss to San Francisco then? If they make the, uh, the championship game, who are you getting? Why would you get rid of Mike? I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if, if you they, lose they, to the same team four times in a row. Well, I mean, that's that. maybe that team is just better. Sometimes you just have to tip your cat to the other team, if that's the case. Because if, if this Cowboys team, which has not gone to the championship game since 1995, or 95 season, gets to the championship game, no, no one's hands rolling. You know, if you, you get that far, no one's hands rolling. You know, you know, you, you have to be appreciative of what the journey and what they've done. But you get that far, I, I don't think you can blame Mike uh, or anybody else. Just tip your hat to the other team that they may just have a better squad at, at that point. But let's let's find out. That, that would be so delicious to be able to find out. You know, so, so delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've covered this team since 1997. You guys have been there long, right there a long time. Let them get to the championship game. You know, he said that that'll be fun. Clarence, you know, we there was a lot of talk after the Miami game about why did you go two and a half quarters without getting the ball in your best player's hand? Like, like CeeDee Lamb seemed to be an afterthought in that game. Jerry Jones came on with us that following Tuesday and said, yeah, I don't really have an explanation for that. I'm not sure. Then they go out there in this game against Detroit. He gets 17 targets. He he is clearly so important to what they do offensively. But this is twice now, San Francisco and Miami, where he doesn't seem to be enough of a priority. He has to, to kind of raise a fuss about it. And then they come out there and they recommit to him. Do you think that's going to be an issue at all the rest of the season? Or do you think the Cowboys realize, hey, we, we can't have this happen again? Yeah, you know, I... I... I pushed back on they didn't try to get the ball to CD. There were some blocking issues uh, in that Miami game during those quarters, you know. And, and, and you know, if you look at – they were backed up. They just, it, it was just they didn't have a ball a lot. It was, it was some issues there that slowed them down. There's no way they don't want to get the ball to CD. There's no way Dak is not trying to get the ball to CD. There's no way Dak is ignoring CD. It's really after the run they've been on since the San Francisco game. And I don't think they went to Miami looking out, looking to not get the ball to CD, certainly after the way he started and certainly the way he finished. Uh, you know, we were talking to Dak, you know, after the uh, Detroit game, and he said they kept playing man. He said that he, he didn't understand what they were doing. He said that, you know, a couple of times in the Detroit game, they were playing zone, especially because CD, CD started out so well in the Detroit game, and then you really didn't get back to him until the fourth quarter. When you know they 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 started playing mad again, he he was laughing at, at, at the fact that how they were playing them. So uh, certainly depends on the coverage, but there, there's no question the CD is a big part of this offense. The CD is what makes this offense go in a passing game. But what I like is that as much attention as they've gave, given the CD and get the ball to CD, the last two games when they did clutch plays in the fourth quarter. They got the ball to Brandon Cooks, and he made plays, and he came down with plays. The fact that they have a compliment somewhere else somewhere else to go where they need to make plays uh, in Brandon Cooks as a number two receiver, he's been such an addition, compliment as a number two receiver. And we forget, we started the season wondering, why are they not getting the ball to Brandon Cooks? Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, joins here, 105 through the fan. All right, what's the deal with this this Mozzie Smith weight loss? Uh, we talked about this with Patrick Walker a little bit yesterday. I mean, are they just trying to make him, uh, you know, so they can play linebacker, you know, just replace him with uh, Bell? What are they trying to do there? 
first of all, they're not trying to help him lose weight. I, you know, I, I think that's mostly the season or whatever else, the young guy and trying to handle his diet and whatever else in, in, in the season. But weight loss is not weight loss. They did not uh, draft him in the first round to be under 300 pounds and not be a wide-body nose tackle, one technique, run-stuffing animal with bitches 700 pounds. And he's not shown that, you know, and, and that's a disappointment. That's a huge disappointment. You know, they don't want to say it out loud, but come on. That's, we, we talked on draft night. I went back and looked at all the courts of draft night, and they said my number one job is to stop the run. My number one job, you know, I'll learn how to rush the passer. We have to pass rush technique. But Mike McCarthy talked about, you know, we can rush the passer and we can turn the ball over. We can't stop the run. And this guy is a perfect fit for us. And, what? What do we have? What do we see? What do, What is he giving the Cowboys? Nothing. Chill. And that's a huge disappointment. Chill, do you think that – I mean, obviously a disappointment there. Do you think their disappointment is sincere enough that they have regret at this point or that, or that you think like, hey, if we had a do-over, maybe we look at things differently. Maybe we go ahead and take Berger on the offensive lineman. Or do you think they're still, you know, high on what he can be into the future? Well, first of all, we know the Cowboys, they're stubborn with their draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're st- they were stubborn with talk. They're, they're stubborn with their disappointment until they, they have to, you know, cut bait, you know. But you you can't tell me that they don't regret or, or not disappointed, didn't expect more. They didn't expect Jonathan Hankins to, to have to be their Vita Via. I mean, we love Jonathan Hankins. He was brought here as an afterthought last year to, to help show up to run defense. You know, they gave up, you know, Oakland. The Raiders were basically gave him away because he wasn't playing. But for him to have to come in and, and be the savior at nose tackle uh, because the guy you drafted to replace him can't hold up, not holding up, not get up the ball. The biggest regret to me is that you, 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 you draft a guy who played a, a scheme in Michigan that doesn't get off the ball. And, and now you expect him to do something that he hasn't done before. And, and and not used to doing and and you see how slow he is off the ball. I don't I don't know how you change that. Did they talk to Dalvin Cook? You know, guys I talked to said they were doing their homework. I don't know if they got to the point of calling him, but I know that they were evaluating him. You know, the guys in the front office said they were evaluating him, and you know, maybe I already had a deal done in, in, in Baltimore because he asked for uh, his release, and clearly. You don't ask for really the one game to go if you don't have an idea where you want to go. And he told us to went quickly to Baltimore. Thank you, Chill. Appreciate the time, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Hook him, Chill. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, joining us here on 105.3 that's, The Fan. That's interesting about uh, about Mozzie there, that that it almost sounds a little bit like. him? That, that it almost sounds like, from Chill's perspective at least, that it may be a little bit of just, hey, he's he's trying to figure out how to maintain his weight through an NFL season. Well, look, I mean, what was he at before? 330. He's under three now. That's beefy. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he was a brick. He he was a strong guy. So is he more of a 3-4? I, I mean, I think he, he's supposed to be a 4-3 nose. That's what he's supposed to be. And it's just, it's not, mm. he he hasn't been able to maintain it yet. Oh, they'll be able to draft another Michigan guy this year in the, uh, in <laughs> there the, we in go. the draft. There we go. Get, get, bring a champion in here. <laughs> All right, let, let's, uh, let's do this. Coming up here on 105. The, fan, the latest on Wander Franco is very, very disturbing. Plus, the one player the Texas Rangers have to go and get. It is a football Friday here on 105. The fans. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To win it in overtime, he scores! Nathan McKinnon wins it in overtime and the comeback is complete. Trailing 4-2, the Avs rally all the way back to win it by a final score of 5-4. Bummer of a finish at the American Airlines Center. Stars lose 5-4 in overtime in a game they never should have lost. They're up 4-2, 10-ish to go. Should not have lost that hockey game. They do lose to Colorado. They are home to Nashville tomorrow night. And we are waiting on potentially bad news. It couldn't be. Maybe maybe it's not terrible news. Maybe we're gonna wake up or we're gonna hear reports from the stars, and it's okay. Uh, but we're waiting for news on mm. Miro Haskinen now, who left let's this game stars, with a lower baby. body injury. Yep, let's go stars, baby. I wish I had that sort of optimism for Miro, who uh, exited with this lower body injury after crashing in to Wedgwood in the goal. But uh, Peter Boer said didn't have any update last night. They were gonna get it looked at this morning. Hopefully, I have some answers. So now we we wait for news on Miro. Hit up 105thethefan.com. A fresh edition of the Spits and Suds podcast Spits is and out. All right. So. Or as I call it, Spits and Studs. Spits and Studs. Was he out when uh, I said Spits and Studs? You were. I, I slipped out. up, but we were talking about the Spits yeah. and Suds, and I accidentally called it Spits and Studs. Spits and Studs. Yeah. And okay. I think I, I, Spits I, and Suds. I, I think Gavin actually, after I said that, I think he referred to it during the episode as Spits and Studs. Spits and, and Studs. And I don't know that Ludwig noticed. Good. Very nice. I like it. I, I, I approve of that. So, Star's back at it uh, tomorrow night. Mavs home tonight to Portland. 
Let's go stars, baby. We're going to get uh, Derek Lively. We, uh, we hope. Gonna, it's a questionable. We hope. Grant questionable, Williams, questionable. But we've seen questionable linger for a while. For both All right, so guys. in the NFL, you get in trouble if they're questionable and they play? Or no, you get no, in no. Trouble doubtful. If they're, doubtful, if, if they they're doubtful and they play, you don't necessarily get in trouble, but it's like, okay, you doubtful basically means there's a 25% chance or lower of them playing. So if they're doubtful oh, every 20, week. I thought it was 5% if they're uh, doubtful. I think it's 25. Maybe, maybe it's less than that. But basically, mm-hmm. it's. If they're constantly doubtful and then they show up and they're playing in the game, that's that's a problem to the NFL because they're like, yeah, you're you're not totally representing this the right way. Uh, disturbing allegations involving Wander Franco have been revealed. Uh, according to the Associated Press, prosecutors in the Dominican Republic have accused the 22-year-old of commercial sexual exploitation and money laundering following allegations of relationship with a minor who was 14-year-old reportedly at the time. They requested a judge hold him on an $86,000 bond, bar him from leaving the Dominican Republic, and place him under house arrest. They noted that the money laundering charges stem from allegations that he made payments to the minor's mother. Prosecutors asked the judge to ask the judge prohibit the minor's mother from leaving the country, and they placed her under house arrest. The judge has several options, release him on bond, temporarily arrest him, prevent him from leaving the Dominican Republic, or demand he make occasional appearances until the investigation or trial has ended. So, think of this. The report is that he had an inappropriate relationship with a 14-year-old girl and then paid off the mother, and the mother was like, okay, cool, we're good. That's basically what happened. And he has been placed um, on administrative leave until further notice. And MLB is attaching uh, this, like, effective immediately, by the way. This is not a, a until further notice. That dude's never playing baseball He's again. never playing again. And can you imagine just, like, how triggered you have to be or, or, or the, the sports PTSD you're going to go through as a Rays fan? You've got this organization that has refused to spend money for 20 years. And they give this guy $100 million. Then they're like, all right, this is the guy we're going to invest in. And months later. Months later, it's, yeah, he's never playing baseball again. It's crazy. He was a POS. He's never playing yeah. again. Yeah, and, like, you know, I have no problem Major League Baseball doing that. Like, if the, if the guy's having a – I mean, that's clearly statutory rape. It's, it's an inappropriate relationship with a 14-year-old. Um, how's the – maybe I've missed an update, and this is related, but how has the Josh Giddy stuff kind of just gone away in Oklahoma City? So, the last I heard about it is there was confusion over whether she was – if he was 19 and, and she was 17 at the time or 16, I, I, there's confusion over her age, and I, I, don't, I don't know. But it's gone completely just, away. Yeah, that one went completely away, whereas the Wander Franco one has, I, I mean, rightfully kept up. But it's just, it just it makes me wonder if – because the, the Giddy thing has always had weird details surrounding it. or, or not unknown. Not weird details, a lack of details. A it's lack a, it's of a details. very puzzling lack of details. And the fact that they say, oh, we're not sure, you know, the family's not really cooperating with police. and Family's not cooperating, which is tough um, for, for them to get any kind of information. A lot of it has to do with what was his age, what was her age, I, you know – I, I'd seen reports that she was 15. I seen reports that she was 17. He believed she was 19, is what one of the reports said, and so that he was under the impression it was presented to him that she was 19. Which I'm not sure that that matters. I don't know. I don't I think have it no does. No idea. Um, I, I don't think in the eyes of the law it does now. Maybe it does we got yeah. a lot of lawyers out there who uh, can tell us on the truckwreck.com fan text. But either way, the, the, and if he was 19 and she was 17, does that change anything? 
because it's only it's two year different. I have, I, have, I have no idea. So that's the lack of details is is, is either way. We have more than enough way. details on the Wander Franco one, and that's right now says this is a guy who's probably never playing baseball. Again. Another report with Wander is that there's three people, which makes this. Which he had, a, he was starting to have a lot of problems even before this. Oh, you remember he got benched by Kevin Cash. Oh yeah, I do right that. before yeah. I after know, the All Star game. Where it's just like they're stuff. like, yeah, where they're just like he's he's got maturity problems, and so we're Obviously. sitting him. And so I mean, he's he has had several problems right now. But you say that you have no problem with him playing again. I know you do have a problem. Wait, what? Or, or, or you have no problem with him never playing again, Wander Franco, right? I have no problem with Wander never playing again. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, if, if if they if they throw away. The key on him ever playing again, I'm fine with that. Assuming he did this. Now, if he didn't do anything, then I have no problem with him playing again. But you do have a problem. You do have a problem with Trevor Bauer never playing again. I think Trevor Bauer, I, I don't like the The fact precedent. that he was, I mean, he's he. There. there's no legal hang-up for Trevor Bauer any right. longer. All of this has been cleared up. Trevor Bauer actually talked to Fox News on Thursday, uh, which the, the recapping that story, he was... Accused of something that he said all along was just a, an aggressive but consensual interaction that occurred is, I guess, the best way to put it. Um, but yeah. that he had been accused of of assault, uh, sexual assault, and that's all been cleared up now. Legally, it's been cleared up um, with the civil case. And so he gave an interview to Fox News. He said, I agreed to do things I shouldn't have done. It was reckless. It hurt a lot of people along the way. It made things very difficult for Major League Baseball, for the Dodgers, my teammates, friends, family, people close to me. So I've done a lot of reflecting on that and made a lot of changes in my life to address that. Asked if he was apologizing for his actions. Bauer said, I'm certainly taking accountability for my role in this. I put myself in a lot of positions that have made things very hard for people, and I'm trying to be better. But he says, I'd love to play baseball. I mean, that's my goal is to play baseball here in the United States again. I'm still one of the best pitchers in the world. I'd like to compete at the highest level. I'm also really passionate about helping people, being good for the game. I think I've done a lot of damage, unfortunately, in the first half of my career, and I'd love a second opportunity to do things better. This sounds like somebody – because Trevor Bauer has is a guy apologized. who – Well, Trevor Bauer <laughs> – forget just the off-the-field. So Tra- Trevor Bauer has been considered a, a – prickly personality in the clubhouse prickly. for for a while that, that's kind of been his reputation yeah. as a bad teammate and it sounds like somebody has talked to him and said hey you need to take a more contrite approach here and i don't know if that's major league baseball or is that a crisis pr firm or whoever else but somebody got to him it sounds like and said you've got to take a new approach because him, him he's owning a lot of stuff here that sounds like it's outside oh, of just yeah and it, it sounds like it's stuff outside of just this one instance, this one case, he said, I've done a lot wrong in the first half of my career and saying that he needs, he's trying to do better for teammates and he put teammates in a bad position that made him a bad teammate. So it sounds like he's, he's gotten somebody in his ear telling him like, Hey, there's a certain approach you got to take here and you haven't been taking the right one for several months now. He is a, a very, it's all in. He mentions there. I know he, he mentions there that he's done a lot to try and grow the game. I know Basics talking about it. I think you have too that his his YouTube page. His YouTube page is very very he's a good. Very, you can you can see why he's as good as he is. He's very cerebral and yeah, he his, he his, understands his, the game at a, a very high level. So my kids they they watch his YouTube page quite a bit uh from a like because they, they learn a lot about pitching, how to throw pitches, all that stuff and and there's some things that you know, are, are kind of he, – he's a big – It's I think it's called driveline, which is a, a, a performance-type style where they try to gain S, X miles an hour on your pitches. Uh, but there's also 
critics of that because it can lead to some injuries without getting all the details. But, I mean, he, he talks a lot about that. He talks about how to throw cutters, how to throw change-ups, how to throw curveballs. I mean, he, he just kind of goes through how to work hitters. Do you, think he really play, do you think he plays again in the majors? Man, I don't know. I, this is my problem with, the, with with Major League Baseball on this. Like, if if he did something wrong, then fine. Get get him out of there. But if if the courts say he didn't, all you're doing then is uh, you're judging his particular tastes in the bedroom. And I, I, I just have a fundamental problem with that. Well, and according to Trevor Bauer, at least here in this interview, it sounds like something that it's like, well, this isn't even my, this is something I agreed to do. It, it's something that I, I, I agreed to. And so the the interesting okay, thing is, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, I get it, but I mean, if he did something wrong, he did something wrong. If he didn't do anything wrong, and the courts say he didn't do anything wrong, then I don't I don't know why Major League Baseball teams are against it. But forget then just on the that, that that's on the broad scale of if this is the the case, yeah. you think he should be back. What about here? I would absolutely take him here. Hundred percent, I would take Trevor Bauer here. Um, they need starting pitching. There's no doubt about it. I mean, how many guys? Do you, think, do you think the Rangers are just waiting on him to get a Tommy John? Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. I mean, that's now look because Degrom is out till TBA. Yeah, T- TBD. I should. I guess I should yes. say. Uh, Scherzer midseason. Uh, Malley midseason. Okay, like are, who knows how Evaldi's going to bounce back after the workload that he had. Evaldi had a big workload. And then he pitched deep in the postseason. Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery may not be here. back. I mean, yeah. Jordan Montgomery, we don't even know where he's going to pitch. He could pitch here. He could pitch in Boston. He could pitch in New York. He could pitch in San Francisco. I know his wife is uh, doing Boston. her doctor's residency in Boston. So perhaps that makes the most sense for him and his family. Got no problem with that. That's the case. Do it, man. But there's there's so many question marks. So, you know, we'll find out as they We'll find say. out. A lot of question marks. There's also a lot of question marks. About the Dallas Cowboys, about there Tyler are. Smith and everything else. There are. Real quick, let me do this. Uh, January 9th, that's next Tuesday, uh, 6 to 8, here at the 105 through the Fan Studios in the Performance Showroom downstairs, 4131 North Central Expressway. Special hot stove broadcast show. Jared Sander will host. Josh Spores will be here. Josh Smith and oh, hell the yeah. World Series trophy. Take your picture with the trophy. Get an autograph. Watch the show. 6 to 8 on Tuesday. Uh, right here uh, at the 105 through the fan performance showroom downstairs. Be there or be square, be there as they say. Or be as square. The cool kids say. Head coach Mike McCarthy joins the show coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, DFW. It is Sean and RJ here on 105. The fan Sean is out. He is out sick. A little bit of the sniffles. Bobby Belt, Peyton and Ryan alongside. And it is time for the head coach, your Dallas Cowboys, the great Mike McCarthy brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Good morning, Coach. How are we doing? Uh, doing well. Good morning, gentlemen. So, uh, Sean's sick or he's got the sniffles? He's claiming he's it's, sick. It's uh, it's a little bit of both. It's it's a little sniffles, little allergies, you know, things that, that, that keep a lesser man down. I was going to say, that's pretty good time and a week off and then miss another week with the Sniffles. Not, not not just that. He misses Friday, and you got to remember Monday was New Year's Day. He had a three day week coming back, Coach. Just just coasting. Oh, wow. Sounds like he's got a good agent. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. Uh, so, is this an easy week to prepare for? You just tell the players. I mean, like you don't really have to say anything. They know what's at stake. You win, and you know you're the two seed, and and you get to stay home until the NFC Championship. Is that kind of an easy thing to prepare for? Uh, I, I would, I, I the word easy doesn't really fit. I think that's just, the, you know, something you want to definitely stay away from is, is that type of mindset. I mean, the reality is it's still a division game. Um, it's on the road and, you know, it's, as you see every week, you know, over and over and over again, you gotta, you gotta line up and play, play, you know, your best football uh, to win games in this league. So that's really what our approach would, you know, we have clarity on exactly what this game means to us. And, and so definitely that's, a big part of the motivation but this is a you know this is a gotta have a win for us coach you know there's uh, obviously been a lot of discussion this week with uh lyle collins returning to the practice squad what does he just bring in terms of it sounds like a lot of the guys are just really excited to have somebody that they're familiar with the guy they consider a brother back in the locker room what, what does he bring to your your locker room culture and and to your your you know your your practice process yeah, I think like anything, you know, when when players do, uh, you know, leave leave this organization, and then, you know, you have an opportunity to bring someone back like LC, um, you can see right away just the reaction of the players that were, you know, were here with him. So, um, and that, and that, that's that's a that's a big part of it. I mean, he, you know, he's a big personality. Um, you know, has good energy, and you know, he's obviously, you know, been through a major injury, had time there you know, time to rehab it. So, I mean, it, it, it's great to see him, but we just, we just got to get him back in the, back in the fold. We kind of took it slow uh, yesterday with him in pads. Uh, but uh, like I said, it was, it was a great, it was a great day. Every, every, everybody loved having that LC back in the building. But you don't think it'll be a long time before he is in like game shape necessarily then? I, I can't, I, I can't really tell you. And to be honest, I'm going to be curious to see how he feels today, you know, just because, you know, it's been a while. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, his first time in pads in, in over a year. Do you feel that the because we've we've talked a lot about the run game uh, this week and and sometimes it, it it struggles. Where is the confidence in in the ability to pick up a tough you know set of yards you know pick up those third down conversions and such with the run game? Oh no, we have, we have confidence in everything we're doing. I think at the end of the day we're you know focusing on the whole picture of the offense. Uh, and, you know, and I get how the you know the statistics get picked apart and. You know, but we, you know, we're still a very productive offense, and uh, we haven't run the ball, 
as well, really coming off the last game. But, you know, you know part of that, too, was, you know, some of the schemes that we were uh, running against, you know, we were put into heavy, you know, one-on-one blocks, particularly in our sub-run game, so that they really didn't give Tony and, you know, the running backs great looks. So, you know, that's it's something that we, we can learn from. But, you know, over the course of, the, you know, you, you build these, you know, the run game protection and the pass game, you know, you're always uh, building momentum, you know, for these playoff games. And, you know, this is, gives us another chance to go win a regular season game and, you know, make sure we're playing good in all three areas. But, yeah, we, we definitely have confidence in running it and throwing it. Coach, you know, there was uh, – we, we've talked a lot this season about, you know, what was one of the big discussion points heading into the year, which was the communication on offense and, and how that was a big focus for you guys. You know, when you've got the the big touchdown that you hit to C.D. Lamb on, you know, kind of the scramble drill and then, you know, Dak and C.D. kind of communicating with each other on the fly and freelancing a little bit, is that just one example of how good communication and that time on task can lead to really good things in the moment? Well, I think the the biggest thing in that particular play, I mean, it's, it's just a great example why you keep playing. I mean, you know, we're we're in a hot situation. Uh, we don't get the hot throw activated, uh, and then you know basically, you know Dak breaks a tackle, um, a, you know a potential sack, in the end zone and, and keeps playing. And then you know anytime the the, the first part of the pass, you know concept uh, is not completed in a you know in its normal time clock, and, and then you activate the scramble drill. So I mean you can see obviously Dak breaks a tackle, slides out to his right, CD takes the mailbox angle, and and, and Dak gives him a chance to make a huge play and obviously CD delivers. So it's, it's something I think is just really the basics of our offense when you activate and scramble draw opportunities, but really there was a breakdown in protection and, and, and Dak did a hell of a job avoiding a sack. Coach, you know, that, this was a, a big game this past weekend in terms of just for some milestones for CD. He sets the franchise record in the season for receptions, sets the franchise record uh, for receiving yards in a season. Can you just talk about the the growth you've seen from him and the growth that that connection and, and that Dak and CD have? It's just I, I think everybody's been really impressed with how much CD has really seized that number one role over the last two years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, CD's been in impact since you know he came here in 2020, and I, I just think just you know his production has grown just with more opportunities, and and, and clearly this year we've given him more opportunities than he's had in the past, and, and he's delivered in a big way. And I think that's the biggest thing when, when you become this productive, um, you know, week in and week out, you know, that's, that's, that's a big responsibility. And, and it is a task uh, to do this over and over again. Cause you know, the defense is, is over there, you know, trying to double them or roll their coverage to them and so forth. So just his sustainability and, in and his durability, you know, through this season has been so impressive. We're talking with Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy here on 105 Through the Fan. Coach, one more thing on CD just really quickly. You know, there was a lot of discussion in the media and, and, and stuff like that about the idea of, you know, him taking on that number one receiver role and oh, having the mentality of, of, of being a number one. Is that a discussion point we overblow or do you think that's a real mentality that receivers have to step up into and, and welcome as being the guy, being the number one guy? Well, it, you know, it depends on the way your offense is designed. But, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's more opportunity gathers more responsibility. And, and it just, you know, going back to my, you know, answer before, it's, uh, you know, his ability to do it week in and week out because, um, you know, we all understand it. You know, he's, I mean, he's a dynamic player. Um, you know, I think when a guy comes in the league as a high pick and also returns punts for you and, and you know, as a starter, as a receiver, I, I think that shows you, 
you know, shows you what kind of flexibility he has and the skill set that he has. So, I mean, he's always been, you know, had that, that type of ability. But now, you know, the connection that he has with Dak and, and as his passing game continues to grow, um, you know, CD is what I always look for as a, an impact player, an elite player, because elite players make others around them better. And, and just the fact that he's getting the, the recognition and, you know, particularly from the defense uh, coverage role each and every week, he's creating really good opportunities for, for his teammates. Mike McCarthy joins us here at 105 through the fan. How's Tyler Smith's health? Good. He's getting better. Um, you know, today is, um, you know, kind of a, you know, walk through mock game, you know, rehab type day, you know, uh, review uh, for us. Uh, so hopefully it'll be another day of treatment for him and uh, we'll see what he can do tomorrow. I wanted to get your take on this because this is all over social media during every game. I mean, by by the by, three plays later, there's a screenshot and it's it's Micah getting held and not getting a, a call. He hasn't gotten a holding call against him and probably since the summer for crying out loud. Do do teams go over like film with officials and send things to the league and and show them, hey, our player's getting held here. He's getting held here. The call's not being made. I mean, does that go? Does that happen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a process that's you know been going on. I mean, pretty much I think as long as I've been a head coach. So, you know, you're able to send in ten plays a week, you know, and and ask them for clarification. You know, so there is communication between the, you know, the head coach and the officiating department. Then there's follow up questions, and conversations that you have if you want to have you know talk about something big. But you know, uh, you know, the, the reality of it is, you know, we're Coaches and players were were responsible for our performance and evaluating and regulating our training to to be better and 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 I'm sure the officials have a similar process. Coach, you know there were there was obviously a lot of discussion about the whole uh, two point conversion thing and reporting eligibility and everything like that. And Dan Campbell had talked about how he had you know had discussions with the officials about uh, his his plans before the game. More specifically, that not not on the the actual play, but just kind of the broad concept again of, of talking with officials and communicating things. Is that something that you've engaged with a lot over your career? Is just like, hey, just so you guys have a heads up, this is what we're doing. I don't want you to be caught off guard with it. I don't want you to be confused by what we're doing here when we pull this out in the middle of the game. Yeah, always you do it. You do it. You know, I've always done it in in the uh, in the pregame ninety minute meeting. You know, you have a chance to talk to the officials and the. And the and if they say you have anything, you know, unusual, unbalanced, you know, um, obviously we call it a jumbo, you know, jumbo tight end or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, so there's always a heads up and you give them the, you give them the numbers and, and, and so forth. And if you have anything different, um, you know, I, I normally talk to them. So, but, you know, also I've seen it go the other way too. So and I, I don't even want to get in specific. So that, mm-hmm. that conversation really, um, you know, it's just like any, anything, uh, you know, it's, the crew and in in the white hat, you know, really determines how some of those crew, crews handle that information and, and what they do with the information. Um, you know, so as you evaluate those conversations, are they productive? Or are they not productive? So I mean, those are all those are things that I've I've, I've watched change uh, throughout my time as a head coach. But yes, you have an opportunity to to tell the officials everything and anything in pregame if you choose. You know, Coach, one of the things that's definitely changed since in your in your time in the league is the aggressiveness of teams, and 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 both you guys in last week were you know pretty aggressive down the stretch. I love I love the aggressiveness, but just take us through the philosophical changes that that's happened. Like, you know, they went for two at the end. That's something that never would have happened, you know, years ago. Um, and then 
you know, you guys threw the ball on second down and as opposed to just milking the clock because you wanted to keep possession and, and not even give them a chance to win. How different the philosophies are and why teams will go for two at the end like that. Well, I think it's, you know, there's always an, an analytics component to it. You know, we, we have a game management crew. Uh, we have one individual that clearly watches the clock, you know, nonstop throughout the whole game. So, you know, the, those are the conversations that are going on on, that, on the headsets. Um, so, yeah, I, do I think it's more aggressive? I, I, think, I think the league's as competitive as it's ever been. Um, I think the analytics effect of, you know, bright, shining a bright light on it and, and really um, the numbers tell you to be more aggressive if you, if you just look at the, you know, the computer outputs. So, uh, but I've never totally, you know, bought into just, just the analytics, the black and white of it. Uh, I think there's ebb and flow to every game. I think you've got to recognize the other variables that go on in the game to tell you to, you know, pump the brakes or, or keep your foot on the gas. And, you know, that's just the way I've always done it. So in, and I get the critique uh, because if you're aggressive and it doesn't work, then you're then you're a dumbass. And if it's, if you're <laughs> conservative and that doesn't work, you're even a bigger dumbass. So I mean, it's it, it, we it, I understand it, but there's there's other conversations that go on during the game um, about you know what we think to do because you know just clearly when we started that series after the turnover, you know we're we're first mm-hmm. and ten and and you know we're second and three and then we get the penalty, and so now we're in a you know we're in that that dead area out there, we're a little bit outside of the field goal range that we like. And so we're trying to get half, half of that back. And so you got to make a decision. Are you going to go and try to, you know, win the game right there on offense? And, you know, and a big part of that is, you know, what are you expecting from them defensively? We were expecting pressure. We got it. Um, so you, you know, you feel like you have a good call, but you know, that's football, you know, sometimes you go for it, you make it and, and sometimes you play it safe. And, and uh, those are the decisions you got to make in the game. Do you think it's a situation too? Does does home versus road play into that? Like, hey, go for the win on the road, maybe well, in their situation, great, or or not? That's a great point. Um, you know, for I know coming into the league, it was always you know um, go for the win on the road and play for the tie at home. And you know, but once again, there's you know there's there's uh, mathematics that support that, and then there's also you got to recognize what's going on that particular game, particularly particularly inside of that inside that game because you know momentum does factor in the outcome of games and, I, and there's no statistics for really you know really to support that so you got to be in tune with the ebb and flow of the football game last one for you here coach uh obviously you guys finish eight no at home this year that's now 16 straight at home just uh, talk about as this season wraps up the regular season what a point of pride that's been for you guys your performance at home and what a point of pride do you think it's been for this fan base to to turn at&t stadium into such a big home field advantage I mean, I, I just can't say enough about the fans uh, because they, it just seems it just seems like every time you walk out the field, you're thinking, man, I, I think that was the best crowd ever, and and I feel like we've been saying that the last two years consistently, and and just the just the way they bring the juice, um, you know, going out there, you know, uh, Saturday night against the Lions. I mean, you know, you can see it right away. I mean, it, our our fans are incredible, and our you know our team feeds off it, and um, you know, winning your home games has always been important. Um, in this league, and you know, and we're doing a great job right now. And you got to give our fans a lot of credit. Hey, coach, best of luck this weekend. Uh, getting that two seed. We'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, man. You guys have a great weekend. Mike McCarthy joining us here on one zero five three. The fan. We will pick this game. My five things, and it's ready. Bobby Belt. Da-da-da.
It is ready. The out of contact sports update out of nowhere that just kind of spurred of the moment uh, during this show. We will do that coming up next year on 105.3. The fan, I think, I think you'll like, I hope you like it. I think you will. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.